my faith has been increased by the obstacles and the hardships and the challenges that I have had to deal with. Welcome to Be Speaks Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lanise Bias. Thank you for joining us for our second season. This season, I, I am so excited because we're talking about Be Speaks spiritually. And last week, I talked about the faith of my parents. I gave you a little backstory so many times. We just start off, I didn't know God, I know God, now I know God even more. But I, I was led to go back and look at the layers that my parents had planted in me, the seed of hope in my God. My parents were Walter and Lillian Scott. And even though they were imperfect, none of us are perfect, all of us are a work in progress, in their own way, they showed and shared God with me and my siblings as well. And last week, we also talked a little bit about um, the importance of parents sharing their God with their children. It's very, very important. Last week, I concluded the episode at Training Up a Child in the Way, and I spoke about Proverbs. I closed with Proverbs um, 22.6, and that's train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Remember, I just need you to remember that God drew me to him through my children. So the family is very important. Sometimes he will use the parents to draw the children. But for me, he put in my spirit, I was so convicted about if something should happen to my children and they had not known who their God was. So it's important, I feel today, that parents let their children know who their God is in their own special way. So. I want to continue to encourage parents not to be weary in doing well with your children. I want to encourage you to keep dropping seeds of love. It gets tough. It's not easy. But today, to show children God, you're going to have to love them. (laughs) You're going to have to love them unconditionally. You can't look at how they're dressed or what they're saying or what they're doing. You have to love them. Love them, love them, love them. And not only that, parents, let your children love you back. I mean, when they are little, they want to climb on you and they want to love on you. And when they're little, we, we, when they're younger, we will engage them in that type of affection. But when they're older, they need it just as bad, that unconditional caring. Let your children love you. Even when they're older, they need encouragement. They need to, uh, a parent to say, I'm proud of you. You're doing good. You know, you and your husband, you all have stood over your children. You blessed your children. There are no perfect families, no perfect children anywhere. And the first institution that God established was the family. So the family is so important. And that's why I'm spending this time to share with you about loving 
your children and showing them your God and allowing them to love you. This has pressed upon me so about the children. God reveals more of himself to each generation. So what kept my great-great-grandmother won't keep me today. What kept my great-grandmother wouldn't keep me today. What kept my grandmother wouldn't keep me today. And what kept kept my mother wouldn't keep me today. So with each generation, there is a progression of revelation that God will give to each generation about who he is. So let's just keep our children lifted up. Don't throw in the towel. They're reachable, teachable, lovable, and savable. But good advice with poor example is very confusing. A parent talking about church, church, church all the time and have no compassion for their family or their children, we have to re-examine that. This week, I will continue with the faith of Dr. Lanise Bias. And actually, I was in a dark place and had no joy, no peace, and life really seemed worthless to me, along with me being convicted about my children, not teaching my children about the God that my mother taught me about. I awakened one Sunday morning in despair and didn't know what to do. God, what is going on? I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I've done this, done that, and I still feel hopeless and, and lost. It just doesn't seem like life is even worth living. And I heard a soft, sweet voice say, go to church. And I said, go to church. And listen, the night before I had been out to a party, I put that same party dress on in my shoes and I went to church. I went to church and the service was so beautiful. And after church, I remember my mother approaching me crying. I can see her in the church vestibule right now in that maroon choir robe, crying, saying, Lonise, don't do that to me again. And me with my stupid self. I didn't know what she was talking about. What, what was she talking about? Mo, I said, Mo, what you talking about? Don't do that to you again. I didn't realize she and my dad had been praying for that day that I would come through the door. And I came in and they were so happy. My dad was happy. You remember. I shared in one of the earlier episodes where he used to bring me the programs from church uh, every Sunday that he attended. And they had been praying for me. And as time went on, I began to get up and attend church, getting my own feet wet before I started taking my children. You know, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in a ditch. So Rather than running home and gathering my children up and saying, come on, come on, we're going to church. I started going a couple of um, Sundays by myself until I could get comfortable in this uh, uh, new atmosphere of spirituality. And then eventually I started taking my children to church and to Sunday school and they became acquainted with the other youth in the church and enjoyed the activities that they shared. It was so much fun. Every Saturday morning, we would get up. I, would, I joined a choir. I sing alto. 
but I have to hear somebody sing alto, then I can sing it, if that makes sense. But um, the, I was singing in the choir, and we would have choir rehearsal, and the kids would have different activities at church. And we, I was with the missionary unit, and we would um, give away clothes and serve soup to uh, the people within the community. Oh, it was so much fun. It was so good. And so now we had a church family. Yay! I did it. I did it. That felt so good to my soul. My children were learning about God. Yay, yay. And I was so grateful. And then I taught my children the Lord's Prayer. And they, along with everything else that they were learning, and parents still have a responsibility. We cannot um, substitute activities for achievement as parents. We have to, whether it's spiritual or in school or whatever, we still have a part that we have to play in downloading them with the information of character education and moral values and what are your core values. This, this is what parents, the responsibility that parents had. Even though they were in church, I had the responsibility of teaching them the Lord's Prayer and they would uh, have to read scriptures or something like that. And today, I'm proud to say, today I thank God. I buried my two sons, but all of my grandchildren can pray, my husband can pray, and my two remaining children can pray as adults. We taught them prayer, and prayer is important because prayer is communication with God. When you pray, you pray believing. I remember a scripture where Jesus was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. And before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said to, he prayed to his father, God, and said, I thank you that you hear me. And parents, we have to pray believing, believing that God hears our prayer. We can't rush in in frustration and pray. We can't do that. Yes, we're frustrated. Things are not right. But when we enter into his presence, we have to have a sense of calmness and believing that he hears our prayer and he will answer us. And when I thought, taught my children the Lord's Prayer, I didn't realize that my parents had been teaching us to pray since I was a little girl. How was my parents, how were my parents teaching us to pray? By saying our grace, saying our blessing over our food. If you wanted to get in trouble, you sit down at that table and eat and didn't thank God for that food. You get in trouble. So my parents taught us prayer as children to give thanks to God for our meal before we ate. And we do it to this day. I taught my children. And when they are in my presence, my grandchildren, we pray. We thank God for, uh, we thank God for uh, our meal. There were valuable seeds planted in me. What about the children? I want to just tap on this. I keep going back and forth to the children, but I'm going to get back to me 
but this came up in my spirit. I believe that youth everywhere are yearning for something different. Like me and other people, they know that it's something more to life that they are not experiencing. I believe that many of them, many young people just need to know God. This came up, this came up, I have to tell you this, I have to tell you this. As I was doing my notes, it came to me that when I was in Sunday school, as a little girl, these songs, and this is what the children don't have today. So I'm going to share three of them with you very quickly. When I was in church, we would sing these little songs as children. Jesus wants me for a sunbeam to shine for him each day. A sunbeam, a sunbeam. Jesus wants me for a sunbeam, a sunbeam, a sunbeam. I'll be a sunbeam for him. Simple little songs. Here I am, a senior citizen still remembering that song. And then it was another one, Let the Sun Shine In. And it said, my mother taught me something a little child should know. It's all about the devil and how I should learn to hate him so. Oh, let the sun shine in, face it with a grin. Open up your heart and let the sun shine in. And then of course, everyone remembers Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me for the Bible tells me so. So what am I saying? Again, parents, I'm going back and forth is sow the seeds. Here I am remembering these little songs. They were seeds. You can plant hope and life and God in your children in diverse manners. Just don't stop sowing the seed of love. Well, getting back to me, everything was going fine at church. I had become better acquainted with people that I knew as a child, and we renewed our relationship, and they became part of my church family, and all was well, but going well, but it seemed like something was missing. And this one Sunday, we had a guest singing group at our afternoon service, and I had felt so spiritually moved when I heard them sing. And I remember one of the vocalists saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I had never heard hallelujah uh, spoken like that. It, so to it resonated through my body. I had never heard it. And, and you may not believe me, but I was trying to say, hallelujah, and it sounded dead and dry. My hallelujah didn't sound the same. So I asked God, how could I sound like that? Why was mine so different? That question started me on my journey to going deeper into, or shall I say, leaning in closer to God. You know, there are layers to God. There's like an outer court, an inner court, 
and then a really inner inner court and i was pressing in i i had religion i didn't know this i had religion but i had no relationship with god that's why the vocalists hallelujah sound different from mine because i had religion i was going to church and i loved church and I thought I loved God because I was in the church, but what I had was religion. And hearing that hallelujah made me want relationship, but I didn't know it at the time. So I did not know that I was hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I, I, I didn't know the depth of what I needed from God. I, I didn't know. I had no idea, remember? I, I had the little songs that I sang in church I just shared with you. Uh, when I was in Sunday school, my mother and father taught us to uh, bless our food, and my mother would tell us stories and some of the things my father did, the songs he would sing and all. But I was really hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and I didn't know it. In Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We are blessed if we hunger and thirst after righteousness. So with me hungering and thirsting after righteousness, I began to lean in more and God taught me his word. God began to teach me his word about his son, him, himself, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm here today, and that's why I have made it. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit is the comforter, the teacher, and the director. You see, I was raised in church, but I, I did not have a relationship with God. Uh, for over 34 years, as I said before, people have asked, how did you do it? How did you do it? It's not an easy fix. <laughs> you come to know God, and it's a process, a process, and you learn as you go. When I began to change my mindset spiritually, it required me to read the Word of God. But I didn't want to read the Word of God. I, all I knew was what I wanted and, and, and the flesh. There's a war going on, the flesh and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit. And all I knew was what I wanted and what I desired. So when I would try to read the word of God, I could not comprehend it. I could read it, but it was like reading anything bright and white. That's, that's what it meant to me. But then after I began to read the word of God and the Lord illuminated my understanding and set me in basic training in terms of reading the word of God, I began to grow. I tried my best to read, try, try, but until God came into the scene and helped me, I could not. And I share with anyone today, there are many diverse expressions of God's spirit. 
And there are many ways that we can be influenced and inspired in the things of God. But what his word says is what has kept me reading his word and have had many, many trials and tribulations, not only burying my two sons, but many trials and tribulations I've had. And his word has brought me through. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then he began to show me in the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is 150 prayers. You know, when I was little, I would say, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But if you don't know what to pray, the only thing you have to do is go to the book of Psalms, open it up, and read it like a prayer. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer my God in whom I take refuge. You, you see what I'm saying? You read it like that, like you're talking to God. And if you don't know how, the only thing you got to do is be 100. I don't want to read your word. I don't understand it. Just be 100, as the young people say, and ask him to help you. He is a God full of kindness and goodness, and he will certainly help you. So as I begin to read the Bible, God answered my prayer and began to give me understanding of his word. His word has become alive to me and my faith and comfort in God has grown and is still growing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We come, if I could explain this to you, especially in these times, what I have learned is that you don't get faith one time and that's it. The trying of our faith is more precious than silver and gold. But the thing is, you have faith for one situation, but your faith has to be increased. So that's why so many things happen. You're a Christian and you say, why, is all, why are all of these things happening? It's to increase your faith. If you have faith that God did that for you, okay, your faith has to be increased. So something else will come to test your faith. Remember I said the testing of your faith is more precious than silver and gold. So faith untested is powerless. So my faith has been increased by the obstacles and the hardships and the challenges that I have had to deal with. And still going through, everything is not follow the yellow brick road, everything is apple hunky-dory. No, I'm still here increasing my faith, believing in God in so many areas of my life and my vision that I have. Many hardships and setbacks come into our life, but if we trust in God, he will help us. Sharing my faith in this present season is so very important to helping the beautiful people listening to this podcast, those of you who are enduring the uncertainty of hardship of this present season, I tell you the truth, for real, for real, for real. My faith in God has me here speaking to you today. No other miracle. I don't have a bunch of money. I don't know a lot of people. I'm not wealthy. I'm not on the aid list. 
here or there or even the B-list. I'm just Dr. Lanise Bias, who loves the Lord, who was kicked out of her comfortable position and learned to maximize her potential in God. You've got to depend on God. So be not weary in doing well, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. The best is yet to come. You're going to make it. Just trust in God. This is Dr. Lanise Bias signing off. Keep the attitude of gratitude. And remember, God is great and God is good. Parents, remember to teach your children, teach your children about God. Today, you, it's not the time not to have time. Stay strong and safe. Remember my social media platforms at Instagram, Be Speaks Life, website, lanisebias.com. Facebook, Lanise Bias, and please like, 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 please share, 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 and please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And don't forget to join us next week for My Spiritual Journey, The Faith of Lanise Bias, Episode 4. Love you. Peace. The best is yet to come. The Bee Speaks Life podcast is a Heavenly Bee production. Music for the Bee Speaks Life podcast is provided by Box Cat Games and a song called Inspiration, a Creative Commons license from the Free Music Archives.